Everybody, how's it going? You are listening to Reasonably Outrageous. I'm Blake Pace, always alongside Matt Wyrick. It is Thursday, October 24th, and Matt, I like to say it, uh, I like to make things a little corny. Uh, my schedule has been outrageous, so we are being reasonable <laughs> with it, and uh, oh we are coming out <laughs> this week. <laughs> That was so bad. You're absolutely. We're worst. coming up this week. Yeah, yeah. The the fact that like I woke up and this is the first thing that popped into my head was like, oh, this is how we're gonna lead into the episode. Um, I'm not even surprised at this point, uh, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> but we're recording the same day you are listening, so this is like a first for at least yeah. a while. Yeah, this is right. Yeah, we we I feel like we did it one time a while back where we recorded the morning of, but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it is. It's Thursday, October twenty fourth. Um, we used to also be on a Tuesday Thursday schedule, so we're just all over the place we right really now. <laughs> but I am uh, taking off to JMU later tonight for homecoming weekend, and um, roll Dukes, and so baby. I, uh, yeah, roll Dukes. Good game against Towson on Saturday, and so since I won't be, um, of, you know, around my I guess uh, laptop or recording equipment for Friday, uh, we are just putting this episode, this bad boy, out on Thursday, and. Uh, and so we are gonna we're gonna talk some baseball and some uh, football. But first, Matt, we're we're two days into the NBA season. Um, I don't know what your impressions were from from the Wizards' first loss last night. Um, I'll tell you what, the Knicks uh, had a, a pretty I want to say it was a seven point lead at one point in the fourth quarter against the Spurs, and then San Antonio went on a fourteen to nothing run you love and, to uh, and and broke my heart. <laughs> So, um, you know, I'm already one game in uh, for the next season and feeling like it's been 20 exhausting games. But um, I don't know. The NBA season, I I watched the Lakers-Clippers um, the first the first night, too, and that game was just so much fun to watch. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm sucked right back into the NBA season, and now I'm way more interested than I thought I was going to be, uh, even in a season that I thought was going to be the best regular season in quite some time. Yeah, uh, as far as the Wizards go, uh, they were outscored by 24 points between the second and third quarters against the Mavericks last night. Not exactly optimal, but they did come back to cover the spread. Uh, They were uh, underdogs at 8.5, and and they lost by 8. I was pretty hyped. Uh, Nice. (laughs) Some points right there at the end. Bradley Beal got ejected for double technical situation <laughs> him and Luca appeared to have some beef they said no big deal at the end but whatever um Kyrie drops 50 uh in that loss Jeez, to the yeah. timber to the timberwolves man I mean you love both, to see it <laughs> neither of us had the wolves anywhere close uh to the playoff picture this year um and certainly that was not the start that the Nets wanted to have um but we'll see what happens there yes I saw some highlights from RJ Barrett looked pretty good hey um, yeah not bad can't say I watched the game, um, but nah, yeah. you know, and, and I also had the, the the Suns money line, and they were down at half to the Kings, and then ended up winning by by like 30? thirty, yeah, twenty nine, almost twenty nine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Jesus. I was I was hyped about that. I had a good day betting. I was telling Blake before the show. I went seven for seven yesterday. So basically, I'm a, a Vegas connoisseur. 
and yeah. <laughs> uh, very much up right now. So I'll probably lose it all tonight on Thursday Night Football, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Don't bet Thursday Night Football. That's just a cardinal rule I have. I you, know. you don't bet Thursday but Night Football. But it's the only thing, like, only football on, and I just want to bet football. Right. So, like, I know. <laughs> it's the worst. I know. All right, well, we'll we'll get to all of our betting for the NFL uh, toward the end of the episode. But, Matt, we got to go to baseball first. And some things just don't make sense in this world. And one of those being the Nats right now, after being the biggest um, World Series underdog since 2003, have a 2-0 lead on the Houston Astros. Both of those games being on the road, um, the Nats' bats are alive and uh, listen, stuff doesn't make sense to me, so I need you to explain it to me. What the hell is going on here? Dude, I don't know. We talked you know, before this series about how this is going to be a pitching matchup for the ages. Right. And of course, uh, you know, Strasburg and Scherzer both allowed two runs over a combined 11 innings between their two starts, but not anything necessarily you know, exceptional. The Nats have had to use their bullpen probably more than they would have liked. Uh, if you, you know, told... Davey Martinez that he was going to have to, you know, get four innings out of his bullpen in one game and three in another, you know, he wasn't probably feeling too good about getting the wins in either of those games. But the Nats offense has just completely flipped the script. Washington is up two to nothing in an absolute stunner. Uh, and, and they're getting production from all over the lineup. I mean, Juan Soto obviously has been the early favorite uh, for series MVP. He's hitting 571 through these two games. <laughs> um, you know, been absolutely incredible. Reached base three times last night. Uh, Trey Turner has been a force at the top of the lineup. He reached base three times uh, and, and did steal a base in that first game and, and was drawing the early attention of Justin Verlander, um, who in that first inning attempted three pickoff attempts against Trey Turner uh, before allowing the next uh, two hitters to reach. And, and Anthony Rendon, of course, in that first inning had that RBI double that drove in both Eaton and Turner. So the Nats were able to get off to a hot start. But overall in this series, man, it's just been top to bottom. Everybody's been chipping in. Uh, you know, Ryan Zimmerman has Drupal Cabrera, who are uh, the sixth and seventh hitters in the lineup. They've been absolutely incredible. Kurt Suzuki, of course, hits that huge home run last night. Ultimately, it ended up being a blowout, but, you know, the, at, at the time, it was a huge hit. So, uh, all throughout this series, every single hitter except for Victor Robles, uh, as far as starters go, has reached base at least twice uh, in the series. And Robles, even though he only reached base once, uh, he had two hits or two runs scored, excuse me, uh, in, in the last night's game. So they're getting production from all over. And that's kind of what we've come to expect from the Astros lineup, which is just so mm-hmm. deep from top to bottom. But, you know, George Springer hungs and hangs an ugly 0 for 5 uh, in game two. Uh, Alex Bregman had that home run uh, early on uh, in that first inning. But in the first game, really struggled. You know, Carlos Correa has absolutely disappeared overall just this team that we really expect you know to to be doing what the nationals are doing hitting with runners in scoring position not striking out a ton you know drawing some walks and uh, overall just being really deep it it just hasn't happened for the houston lineup and the nationals meanwhile are really taking advantage yeah i i can say it's um not what I well it's not what most expected you know of course obviously with houston being the heavy favorites but you actually went out there uh, on last episode (laughs) and said that the Nats would win in five, and they have a chance to do that now, and you have tickets to game five. Now, let me ask you from a fan's perspective, do you want the Nats to lose a game Mm. 
just so you can go see it? Or are you worried that if they lose one of these next two, Houston kind of builds up some momentum? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, here's what I've been thinking. I'm obviously struggling with this because I don't want to right. root for the Nats to lose. Maybe maybe I root for them to win game three so they go up 3-0 and then lose game four. I'll feel more comfortable with that because I'll still have a two-game lead. But at the right. same time, I, I get off work uh, at 10 o'clock on Saturday night which would get me over to the stadium by around 10.30, which could conceivably uh, I could be outside the stadium. There's this area called the bullpen there where uh, mm-hmm. it's like a beer uh, what's it, beer garden uh, where yeah. right next to the stadium they have a bunch of TVs and everyone's watching the game and going crazy. Uh, I could go over there, and if the Nats win that game, game four on Saturday night and sweep, then I'll at least be able to riot the streets uh, with everybody <laughs> else. Uh, so I'll, I'll be able to get something. Uh, you know, game five, obviously, I have tickets. I'll get off work in time and be able to go. Um, and it would be insane uh, to be there. But I don't know if I can root for the Nats to lose uh, because right. just anything can happen. And I don't want Nats to be like the first team to blow a 3 0 lead or anything like that. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go ahead and say I'll be okay with it if they win in four, also because I get my money back. <laughs> for the tickets. Um, oh, yeah. But at the, at the same time, I, I do really want to go. So I, I won't be too heartbroken if the Nats lose a game. But uh, I feel like they have a really good chance to go one and one in these next two games. I mean, obviously, they're at home. So you'd think mm-hmm. they have the advantage. They have the advantage um, in both the pitching matchups. It's going to be Annabelle Sanchez in game three. I, I guess you can say Granke right. technically is the better pitcher there. But mm-hmm. Sanchez has been fantastic in the playoffs, whereas Granke has really struggled. Uh, so you have to feel pretty confident if you're the Nats. And then game four, Patrick Corbin against the Astros bullpen, man, that's really going to come back to bite them uh, if, if they are down 3-0. You know, they don't really have a, a starter yeah. that they're going to be able to rely on to give them uh, a bunch of innings. And that's, you know, I, I think the Nats are kind of exposing the Astros in that way. As, as we creep closer to that game, we could see, you know, that really blow up in Houston's face. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you think back into when the Yankees in in their game, uh, God, how many games did that series go then? Six. Six. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've tried to erase it from my memory just because it's you been and very every Yankees fan everywhere. Yeah, but in uh, in game six, you know, the Yankees went bullpen day, um, and not to say that their starting pitching ha- is anywhere near what the Astros or Nats have, but. Uh, that bullpen day really did, like you said, came back to bite him in the butt. And so, uh, especially if it's an elimination game for Houston and they have to go to that bullpen that has gotten beaten up on, especially last night. Um, I, I don't think that that's, that's the right way to go about it. And, uh, so, um, game three, of course, on Friday. And and one more thing on the bullpen game. I mean, I, I, you know, no one's going to accuse the Astros of underspending. You know, they're not the biggest market in the world, but they still have really shelled out contracts uh, for guys like oh, yeah. Verlander and Granke. Uh, you know, they gave Altuve and Bregman big extensions, although Bregman's is extremely team-friendly um, to the point where it's an absolute steal. But, you know, I digress. Uh, I <laughs> think, though, that, you know, this whole bullpenning situation, not that the, the Astros, you know, don't have uh, other starters they thought they would have at this point. You know, Wade Miley was supposed to play a big role. Lance McCullers is out with the Tommy John surgery. They traded for Aaron Sanchez midseason. So they did, you know, to their credit, try to go into the series, go into the playoffs with four starters that they believe they could rely on in the postseason series. 
But, uh, you know, with the Yankees being comfortable bullpenning, with the, the Rays being comfortable uh, bullpenning, you know, the, the Brewers would have done it had they gotten deeper into the playoffs. I mean, you know, uh, it, it is a cost-cutting move. It's cheaper yeah. to acquire several good relievers uh, at, at that low cost than it is to pr- pay for a premium starting pitcher to fill that role. So, for me, you know, I'm just... It kind of bothers me that these this cost cutting move is is what teams are doing, uh, and I feel like this could be you know the way that uh, teams could be exposed for it. Not that I oppose an opener by any means, but if you're planning on rolling with five six relievers in a game uh, as a plan before the the in a, in a game before a playoff series, I mean that that's just. It's an abomination to the sport, in my opinion. It's uh, and, so risky, and, and it's extremely risky. And I think that you know a lot of managers who are considered very savvy have been comfortable with trying it. But at the end of the day, you know, starting pitching has really proved to be important in this postseason. Obviously, the two best rotations in baseball are going head to head in the World Series. But overall, I mean, we, we've seen uh, you know Charlie Morton really set the narrative, uh, and, and absolutely, you know had a fantastic postseason uh, in those elimination games. And Strasburg and Garrett Cole have been, uh, you know, two of the guys that, that have really, you know, driven the Nationals and the Astros narrative uh, throughout the postseason. So, you know, I think that there's going to be a bigger stress on starter pitchers moving forward. Every year we get some, mm-hmm. like, big front office takeaway from the playoffs. And right. it's like, that's yep. that's how we get to the World Series. And, you know, uh, before it was the, the Royals setting up that big, uh, trio of their bullpen and everybody's like oh we need the big three-headed monster at the back and uh, then it was uh, last season with Chris Sale you know coming out of the bullpen and then Alex Cora using so many of his starting pitchers out of the bullpen it was like, okay you know we can use our starters in this kind of role not that that hadn't been done before but you know, maybe not to the extent that Alex Cora did it throughout the postseason so you know I, I think overall it, it just bothers me that that teams like the Astros are doing this maybe they feel like they have no choice um, yeah. You know, with how bad Wade Miley was down the stretch, uh, you know, you couldn't really rely on him. And, you know, McCullers obviously isn't there. And you know, do you really want Aaron Sanchez starting a postseason game? I get it. But at the same time, you know, I think that there's something to be said for the Nats having four starters that they feel really comfortable relying on uh, in a playoff series. And that's, you know, obviously winning these first two games puts them in an extremely enviable position moving forward. Yeah. And, uh, PFT commenter. Last night he didn't bring out the broom. He brought out the dustpan. Yes. <laughs> He's a little cautious. He's just playing it by there. And uh, we might get a sweep here, Matt. I mean, that would be pretty insane. Um, so, you know, of course, we, we'll know the answers to this by the time our next episode runs around. Is there anything else from this game that you wanted to hit on that I haven't asked you about yet? I think um, the, the last thing I wanted to touch on is, you know, Nobody expected the Nats to hit around, hit around Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm writing about this for Federal Baseball, so if you want to check out my, my deep dive, you can uh, check it Teaser. out on, on there uh, today. But um, the Nats are one of the best hit teams in the league at hitting power pitchers. According to Baseball References, mm. uh, distinction between power pitchers and finesse guys, the Nats had a 797 OPS against power pitchers this year. That's second in baseball behind only the Dodgers uh, this season. So this has certainly been their bread and butter. Uh, and, and while nobody, you know, like I said, really expected them to, to hit these guys around, you know, scoring nine earned runs between the two of them, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes sense that that's what they've been able to do because these are the kind of pitchers they've thrived on all season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Matt, best of luck heading into the weekend. 
I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Oh, yeah. The last thing that I will say, Yankees reports came out last night. They are going to heavily, heavily, heavily pursue Garrett Cole. And I am very excited for that. Hopefully they can get him now. Um, they will not but, be alone. That is for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> a good team. A, a team that wants to win games wants to sign Garrett Cole. <laughs> Hi, the only thing I can hope for... They are speculating it, that's going to be the uh, the largest contract for a pitcher ever. So there's that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I know I know the Angels right now are, are a big one. He grew up uh, in California, but he also grew up a Yankees fan. So This is true. I'm but hoping... so, did, so did Patrick Corbin, remember? <laughs> ah yeah, piss off. Wait, wait to wait to throw that in my face. Mm-hmm. All right, we are just gonna switch over to football because Matt is a little meanie doo doo. Yep. Um we're gonna go to football <laughs> now and uh we're gonna go with our, our betting for the week. We're gonna give out our lock of the week, the game that we are completely avoiding, our fan duel sneaky player that has great value, and then a parlay with uh, a spread, a money line, and an over under with the payout. Now that we're also doing this on Thursday, and I know Matt um, said that he's going to be betting on it tonight. I will not be. Uh, there's a Thursday night football game out there, and, and uh, so we don't usually get to talk about it um, when putting these episodes out on Friday, but uh, we'll see if any of us have a bet that goes in there. I'll I, uh, tell you right now that... I do not. Um, at least as far as, as this goes, I did pick the Vikings right. in my Eliminator pool, which I've talked about numerous times on this podcast, so uh, yeah. <laughs> feel good about that um, with the Redskins being the Redskins, but the other, you know, I haven't, I haven't really dove into the, 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 the bets there. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, Matt, from what I see, you do have something in this game, unless you've changed your mind, um, unless you've changed your mind a little bit since, since we talked about this, but we'll get there. Um, Matt, your lock of the week, where are you going uh, for the team that you have um, that you think you should feel the most comfortable about betting on uh, in week eight? Yeah, um, you know, I'm going uh, in your direction, Blake, uh, with the Colts. Uh, I'm taking them uh, at minus six, hosting the, the Broncos. I think that, you know, the Broncos offense just really hasn't shown us enough this year as far as, you know, being effective uh, in any capacity. And now that Emmanuel Sanders has been traded, you know, the Cortland Sutton, who was already kind of emerging as the number one receiver there, I think the, that Denver is pretty bullish on him and, and seems excited about his potential as a future number one receiver. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, Sanders was still a legitimate threat uh, in that offense. And now Joe Flacco has even less to work with. And honestly, that offensive line has just been abysmal. Uh, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and uh, I really am scared of the Colts' front seven, uh, and, and I think that they're going to give Flacco a, a nightmarish day, uh, and so I feel pretty comfortable. You know, minus six is a decently sized spread, um, but the, yeah. I think of the the ones we're looking at, I do really like the the slate that we got this week. I think there are a lot of good games uh, to really? bet on. I, yeah, and I know. Oh. I, I was reading some things online, and, I, and a lot of people were saying, no, I, I don't like this week, but... Yeah. To me, there there are a lot of a lot of different games that I feel pretty comfortable betting, and, and but I would say that Colts minus six uh, hosting the Broncos is my number one. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know right now. I'm not a fan of this week um, yeah. at all. I just I it's I guess if you're for the sake of betting favorites, betting home teams, I think it's a pretty solid week. I think all of the teams that are that are playing as the home team have favorable matchups. There's a couple road teams that I would take. Uh, as You're going to love there, my parlay but, then. I <laughs> uh, can't wait. Can't Got two wait. road so, teams in there. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's the two road teams I agree with then. But, we'll um, but uh, I agree with the Colts Broncos minus six. Um, 
you know, uh, for the Colts, their defense is finally getting closer and closer back to full health. Uh, Malik Hooker um, is uh, is returning to practice. He said himself he is going to be playing this week, um, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, we have got Tyrese Leonard who Ty- returned Lewis, last week. Uh, questionable. Kenny Moore mm-hmm. questionable. Kenny Moore. Yep. So yeah, uh, like you said, I think they're. I do. I do really like this defense, man, and they they kind of have been like rounding into form. Uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, at the start of the year, you know, the whole narrative with, with Andrew Luck being gone. And I think, you know, some, a lot of people gave up on him early. Uh, you, you know, we, we had to adjust our preseason predictions in like an emergency show because of Andrew Luck retiring. But, uh, right. you know, th- this defense, man, it's, it's something else. Yeah, it is. It's it's been very impressive, and I think that it'll do a good job, um, uh, especially since there there really aren't uh, viable passing threats in that game. And I think they can just focus in on the run. And on the flip side, uh, the Broncos. Uh, I think that their secondary has been a little weak. Jacoby Brissett uh, went off this past week uh, in terms of um, you know he won AFC Offensive Player of the Week, and so yeah, I feel comfortable with that. And I also I'll just say I took. Um, I took an adjusted line with this one. I bumped it up to eight and a half to uh, take a look at some plus odds for, for the Colts to win that game. So I completely nice. agree with you there. Uh, my lock of the week that I'm, I'm heading up to Buffalo. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they are two-point <laughs> favorites at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and I'm taking the Bills to to easily cover that two points. And my kind of assessment from the game is I think the Eagles are not very good. Uh, they Their offense looks... Uh, awful against decent defenses and Buffalo to me has the second best defense outside of New England now the everyone's saying oh well the Bills they couldn't even beat Miami how tough of a team are they actually um to me and I've said this a couple different times elsewhere uh my content on you know my power rankings on Stampede Blue uh, my other podcast Quick Hits um that was that was the that was the the trap game of the season for the Bills they're coming off their bye, two hard victories, or, or a hard loss to the Patriots, a hard-earned win over the Titans. They go into their bye week. They've got the extra week of rest, and oh, we, we just have to play Miami the following Sunday? All right, we'll, we'll, we'll try and get up for playing this game. And so they came out a little rusty off the bye. They were still able to win by almost around 10 points. And uh, I, I think that was just everyone's looking at that as a close game. I think the Bills were really just kind of a little rusty from the bye week. I still think that they're around the third, fourth best team in the AFC. Um, and, and you take a look at their schedule. They got a chance to be, I think it's like 10 and two by the end of Thanksgiving. I mean, their schedule gets pretty light. Um, so I, I feel comfortable taking the bills minus two at home. I don't think Philly's uh, defense is, is strong at all, especially on the back end. So take some overs in John Brown yards, take a over <laughs> in uh, Josh Allen yards, um, I, I think the Bills win this one pretty comfortably. Yeah, I mean, after the showing that Philly had uh, against the e- or sorry against the Cowboys last week, certainly uh, something you would expect. Uh, I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't look at the Eagles as a legitimate team at this point. They, no, they, they, are, they have can't. so many issues. My only thing with with with, with the Bills is, which I agree with your bet. Uh, I would I would be very comfortable taking them at minus two. But the Bills have really played down to opponents this year. Uh, you know, they had a one-point win over the Jets. They only beat the, the Giants by two touchdowns. They beat the Bengals by four. Uh, you know, a, a close game against Miami until the end. Tennessee was a 14-7 to win. Um, you know, they, they 
obviously were close against the Patriots. They only lost by six there, uh, but they really mm-hmm. haven't really had like a statement win uh, at this point of the season. So it's kind of to me. Do you believe that this could be their statement win? Uh, and oh, yeah. I, I do. I think that they can really, you know, come out of the gate here. Uh, you know, Josh Allen hasn't necessarily had his breakout game. Uh, has yet to hit 300 yards passing. Uh, and with any, you know, if he's going to do it against any secondary on his schedule yeah. this year, it's the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> Yep, I, I agree with you, and and yeah, if it's going to be their statement win, I'd take a look at an adjusted line there too, but they only really have to win by a field goal for this to hit, and so I just feel like that's that's, that's gonna pretty happen. easy. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> so um, now switching on to the games that we won't touch, and, and uh, Matt, for me, this list is a lot longer. Um, I'm not sure how big it is for you. There are some games that I'm just completely avoiding, but uh, the, the one that you are staying away from, uh, give it to me. Yeah, um, you know, I... I would say there are only a couple games that I'm not super happy with here. We clearly see this slate very differently. Um, but yeah. my, my big one uh, would be the, the uh, Bears minus four hosting the Chargers. Because oh, yeah. you, know, you, know, you like to pick the Bears at Soldier Field. They, they're a very good home team. That environment is crazy, especially when they're on defense and the, the crowd is going absolutely insane. I mean, it's almost impossible for opposing offenses to work. Uh, but at the same time, I just don't know what to think of this Chargers team, man. I mean, <laughs> they're really banged up uh, on the defensive side. And then you get into their offense, and they've got all of their stars. I mean, Melvin Gordon is back. Austin Eckler has been fantastic uh, as a receiving back. Phillip Rivers, uh, obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have Mike Williams and Hunter Henry in the receiving game. Keenan Allen. I mean, you know, you go up and down this list, and... All of the players are there, and they still are finding ways to lose. So I, I was not impressed with, with what we saw out of the Bears uh, coming out of the bye. Uh, or sorry, not out of the bye. Yes, out of the bye. Uh, against the mm-hmm. Saints, that offense was terrible. And then that, that oh. final score was much uh, closer than the game actually was. Um, you know, yeah. They had a couple of garbage time points. Uh, that made things a little bit closer. They they obviously lose to uh, the, the Raiders in London. I mean, there's just not a whole lot to like about this team, but there's nothing to like about the Chargers either. And, you know, a part of me wants to pick the Chargers plus four, uh, but I, can't, I just can't justify doing that uh, on the road at Soldier Field. Yeah, that that's that would have been my my stay away game too. Um, I that's one hundred percent a game I'm not betting on. We don't know what either of these teams are. The Bears have a really good defense. Got torched by the Saints with without Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook. Um, otherwise, you know the the Chargers keep finding ways to lose games, and their offense looks dysfunctional. One half. Another half, it can come back against the Steelers and make it a close game. Uh, I, I would completely stay away from that game as well, too, unless you have any value uh, in the under there at 41. Sure. Uh, I, I, would, sure. I might take that. I mean, the, the Chargers yeah, that, just that, will that, explode sometimes for right, like, you yeah. know, 40 points, but yeah. I, don't, I, don't really think, I don't think the Bears are going to do that. So uh, no. it's it's pretty close. I, I want to ask one thing, though. Who, who has more mm-hmm. wins by the end of the year, the Chargers or the Bears? Oh, oh, <laughs> that's that a tough one. Tough. <laughs> um, I guess I'm gonna lean toward the Chargers right now. Yeah, I would just too. because I feel like you get to play Denver twice. Um, I, I feel like for the Bears, they just have such a tough division. I could see them even losing a couple times to the Lions. Um, I, I'm gonna go with the Chargers, but I don't think it's close. I think these are two pretty bad teams this year. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I'm picking the Chargers, but look at this schedule, man. So they're, they're going to face uh, the Chargers and Philly back-to-back weeks, two disappointing teams. But then from there, you've got Lions, Rams, one against the Giants, and then to close out the year, Lions, Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Vikings. <laughs> the Bears are toast, man. I mean, yeah. they're 3-3 three and three right I, now, and you think, okay, maybe they could go on a run, but that schedule... I mean, they've already had their bye. God, <laughs> I don't like that I, at all. Yeah, I, I said it um, earlier this week uh, on Quick Hits. Uh, f- to me, I think we should be over the time of trying to make our rookie first-round quarterback work if we know it's not going to. Mm-hmm. I personally think that we, we're we at the point now, we know Mitch Trubisky isn't a starting quarterback in the NFL or one that can be a starting quarterback for a winning team. I mean, we've seen teams like the Titans and the Bucks essentially waste seven years of their franchise by sticking by Marcus Mariota and uh, Jameis Winston. And I feel like the Bears, um, if they want to be smart about it, I'd go out there and I'd try and move on from from Trubisky already. It just hasn't been good, and this team has too much potential with the talent on it to, uh, to, to, uh, to let it go to waste like that. If you're the Bears, do you trade for Cam Newton this offseason? Ooh, that would be fun. I, he would be a really fun fit in uh, in, in Nagy's offense. Right? And have good weapons there, a strong run game. I, I was thinking a trade for Cam Newton if he's available. I was thinking a trade for um, for Nick Foles if the Jaguars want you know Minshew mm. Mania to run, to run Jacksonville. Um, the only other thing I would think is they've got a couple second round picks. So maybe taking a late flyer on a guy like Jalen hurts and just hoping that they can go full college offense with this and just put up, you know, insane points with Nagy, um, an athletic quarterback and all their weapons. But, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of options out there for them to move on from Trubisky. It's Teddy just, Bridgewater, we'll, baby. Hey, he's another guy. I, I, do you think the Saints let him go? I, I can't see him slipping past the Saints uh, anymore with how he's played. Well, it depends. Does Breeze want to keep playing? Uh, I think right. that's the big thing. Because I think Bridgewater, you know, he was swayed to come back for one more season because Sean Payton told him, you know, we want you a part of our future uh, and all right. of that. But if Breeze decides to keep playing, I mean, Bridgewater wants to be a starting quarterback. And he showed, even though he yeah. hasn't necessarily been incredible by any means, I mean, he had one really good game. Uh, in this stretch, but other than that, he's been, you know, uh, able to keep the team afloat. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that he's necessarily like a, an otherworldly quarterback. So uh, if the team, you know, feels comfortable with rolling for with Breeze for two more years, they're going to do that, and he's going to want to find somewhere else. Right. Well, there's some there's some uh, unplanned Bears talk <laughs> surrounding <Yeah. laughs> Mr. Trubisky in the future there. Um, but that is your game to avoid. I would avoid it too. The game that I'm going to avoid, and and actually let me just run the list through the ones that I was considering avoiding. Um, I think that, uh, first off, I think the, the Lions by seven, I, I think probably hits. But I, the, the, the thing with me this week is the numbers are too big right now for me. Like even the Redskins being 17-point underdogs on, on short week's rest, I don't love that. Um, yeah, I don't either. Lions minus seven, I don't love. I just, I, I just feel like that's too big of a line. Uh, the Rams, I, I think, win by two touchdowns, but they're traveling to London, um, so you've got a short week of prep. Um, I, I definitely think the Rams are capable of winning by two touchdowns, and I think they'll put up a lot of points. But fourteen is a lot. Um, let me see what other ones was. Am I a little worried about? I'm worried about the Houston Oakland spread, um, and then. Is there any reason that Pittsburgh should be two touchdown favorites over Miami? I mean, this Pittsburgh offense can't put up points like at all. So I, I don't know. 
I don't uh, know the game that it. yeah the game that I'm avoiding is um is the Jets and the Jaguars uh, I just think we just kind of like your situation we don't really know what these two teams are and uh, the Jets two weeks ago go out and, and smoke the Dallas Cowboys and then uh, all Sam Darnold can see the next week is ghosts against the New England defense meanwhile in Jacksonville. Minshew had a few really good starts uh, to begin his career in Jacksonville, but it's kind of looked meh since then. Um, of course, no longer having Jalen Ramsey on that defense, even though he wasn't really playing ever since his fight with Doug Marone. Um, their offense looks completely uh, inconsistent. Um, I think it, against the Saints, they put up six or seven points total. Of course, they were able to beat the Bengals last week by 10. Uh, but this game, I just I feel like we're, we're just going to float back and forth with would these teams have a really strong week? They have a really bad week. And so I don't know what we're going to get out of either of them this Sunday. Uh, but I, I am going to avoid that uh, game entirely. I will not put any money on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Menchu mania has cooled a bit yeah, uh, over the past few weeks. So, you know, they're trying to get him on track. Uh, you think that they'd go back to Foles uh, to close out this year. Uh, honestly, I, I do think – I know that Minshew is, like, going to be the guy of the future, and, and I firmly support the decision to trade Foles this offseason. Uh, if you can or if, if you can cut him for a reasonable amount, maybe that. I, you know, he has a lot of guaranteed money, so you probably can't. Um, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I think Minshew's the future, uh, but it could benefit him, you know, to, to maybe be behind Foles once he comes back uh, the rest yeah. of the year. So now, you know, he's got nothing left to lose. Uh, might as well, you know, go for it. This Jets defense has been terrible. Um, but, you know, Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts last week. So, <laughs> you know, don't really know what to what to think about that Jets offense. It, it is all over the place. No. I agree with you. Um, I personally do like the, the Jags at minus six. I do feel a, a yeah. more confident about that team overall mm-hmm. uh, than I right. do with the Jets. So I feel uh, that's actually a, a bet that I put down uh, for this weekend yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Just as like a you know not a parlay or anything, but um, I, I do I do like the Jags minus six, but I, I get where you're coming from. This this Jaguars offense just has been very inconsistent from week to week, uh, and so if they put in a complete dud, I wouldn't be completely surprised. Right, I do think the Jags win too. The six is what I guess makes me nervous a little bit, but also if Sam Darnold comes out and, and torches uh, the the. Uh, the Jacksonville secondary, just like he did against Dallas, I kind of wouldn't been surprised. Wouldn't be surprised either, just because Gase, I know, is going to want to put a lot of confidence back in him after that horrible week. So they could go very pass heavy. Uh, I don't know. I'm staying away from it. But on to the next one. Um, our FanDuel uh, Player of the Week, I guess. Um, Matt, taking a look across the board for those daily fantasy football fans. Uh, what value are you finding out there that you like, and and what player are you going to put in your lineups uh, for daily fantasy? Well, I'm actually going to this Thursday night game. Uh, I, I really go. like Kyle Rudolph uh, versus the Redskins here on Thursday night. He's valued right now on FanDuel at 4,700 bucks, which is uh, pretty good. You know, tight ends are pretty boomer bust. And uh, personally, when it comes to daily fantasy sports, I really don't think it's worth investing uh, in a tight end because the the really good ones, you know, the, the George Kittles. Uh, are all very expensive, and uh, you know if they bust, you're really screwing yourself. So I think that's exactly a position that you really want to go value on. Uh, and I like Rudolph here. He did very well after Adam Thielen uh, left the game last week uh, with that injury when he slid into the wall. Uh, and it's going to be, it's looking like Thielen will not be active for this game. I'm pretty sure that's that's the the going thing right now. 
Um, so it's going to come down to Stefan Diggs and Kyle Rudolph in the passing game. Uh, you expect Kirk Cousins to want to absolutely go off against his former team, so he's going to be passing mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I expect Rudolph to be targeted early and often, especially in the red zone. Uh, I feel really good about that one. Yeah, definitely, especially like you said with, with Thielen not playing and, and Rudolph being that second option out there. Um, and against a very bad defense and a, and a game, like you said, everything makes sense for that. Kirk Cousins going to want to put up some big yardage against his old team. They're going to go pretty heavy through the air. The secondary for Washington has been meh at best this year, and so I can't blame you at all. Um, my FanDuel uh, player of the week, and this one was a little bit more expensive uh, than yours. I think $1,600 uh, in difference, but I am heading to uh, Detroit where Marvin Jones uh, is taking on an absolutely terrible terrible giant secondary right now he's at uh 6300 and to me all of this just makes sense in a the giants have a really bad secondary uh b marvin jones coming off a great game last week um and i think he, you know they've, they've picked up that momentum yeah insane uh what a guy to have on your bench in fantasy if you had him there um and for um for the lions too now with carry on johnson uh, on the IR, you think that they rely a little bit more on that pass game, and and uh, if Matt Stafford has the opportunity to to launch it deep against the Giants, he will because they are very bad on that back end, and I think Marvin Jones is just the beneficiary of that, and so I think he's got another big day uh, coming ahead from him. Now I don't think it's a four touchdown performance like we got last you week, sure, but man? I could definitely see him getting in the yeah yeah <laughs> I could definitely see him getting in the end zone once or twice and having some pretty good yard totals against uh, God I I couldn't even name you who is in the Giants secondary right now. I know they drafted DeAndre Baker in the first round. Um, I, their their secondary is just awful. So I'm going to take uh, take Marvin Jones for my FanDuel Player of the Week. Yeah, I mean, after the performance he had last week, it's hard to blame you. I had him in one league only because I was forced to. I had nobody else. I had a oh, bunch you, of injuries. I had a bunch of injuries. You started him? I started him oh, in a, a two-flex so league, sick. and he was my second flex. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was so hype, dude. I had a, a fantastic That's... week. Um, he really went off, but yeah, the, the guys in their secondary right now, just rolling off Janoris Jenkins, uh, Antoine Bethea, uh, Jabril Peppers <laughs> is still around, uh, and Deandre Baker. Uh, yeah. so yeah, not exactly. Um, and then Grant Haley is just listed on our lads as DB. He doesn't have a position. Cool. Um, he does everything. <laughs> but he's, he's back there. So, uh, yeah, not exactly a uh, formidable group, to say the least. Certainly uh, yeah. has been terrible this year. Uh, I, I like the pick. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay, also, if, if uh, you know you feel comfortable about that, I think that both players uh, are really, you know, going to have big games. Um, you know, Matt Safford is, is quietly having a very good season. Uh, I don't think he's been getting enough oh, yeah. attention for the, the the year he's been having. Hasn't been able to come through, you know, necessarily in, in big spots. You know, the the Lions would like to have two more wins uh, right now than they actually have. Uh, you know, based on you know the results, obviously losing or tying uh, the Cardinals in Week One uh, was awful, and then they lose by four to the Chiefs. Uh, you know, in their fourth game of the year, so. You know, they would love to have those two games back, and maybe we have a completely different-looking Lions team. Um, but, you know, Marvin Jones, I like the pick. 
Mm-hmm. And I would also think maybe TJ Hawkinson, if we both wanted to give a tight end this week, a guy that has really uh, gone a little quiet since some of his bigger weeks. I know he he opened up the season as an absolute monster, uh, has been hit or miss yeah. since then. Um, you know, nothing about uh, the secondary or even the Giants linebacking core really excites me. So there's some value there too as well. But um, Matt, let's get a little fun with it to finish things off. We've got a parlay of a money line, a spread, an over-under. Tell me what the payout is. Tell me what the odds are. Uh, where are we getting a little creative with uh, this weekend? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm starting off. I'm not going to go with my lock because I'm just. I like to keep that separate. So I'm going uh, with Packers minus four at Kansas City. I told you I was going to be looking at some road games yeah. here. Uh, they're listed at minus four. Patrick Mahomes has not been ruled out yet. Um, so weird. Of this game, despite dislocating his knee, I don't expect him to play. So I'm jumping on this right. minus four line now, uh, just in case. You know, once he is ruled out, they bump that up to like minus six, minus seven at that point. Um, so I'm jumping on that now. I've got the pa- the Panthers money line at San Francisco, handing the 49ers their mm. first loss this season. Uh, the 49ers, obviously, we've talked a lot about how they have a weak schedule, uh, but the Panthers are coming into this game rolling. They're, they're coming off their bye week. They rattled off uh, four straight wins after starting the year 0-2. Uh, they've also you know, played some little bit tougher competition. Uh, I feel very good about that. Um, that's plus 210 odds mm. on that money line, so I'm, I'm excited there. And then my final – or sorry, yeah, my final – part here the over under I'm taking the under in that that Eagles Buffalo game that we talked about you know I said you know could Josh Allen have that signature win I don't know if I necessarily expect him to do that but the Buffalo defense is going to absolutely stifle Carson Wentz uh and and everything that's been going on that Philly offense has been so uh just lifeless all season and you know there's lots of reports coming out about uh is Carson Wentz a leader blah 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 and people pointing fingers at Alshon Jeffrey for having said that so it's just kind of this whole mess there, uh, and nobody really gives me confidence on that uh, offense to perform against Buffalo. And then, of course, Josh Allen just hasn't you know, been able to uh, – you know, I'm not trying to slander Josh Allen. I like the guy. I think that he has a bright yeah. future in the <laughs> NFL. But you know, the, the Buffalo offense is not otherworldly by any means. Uh, so under 43.5, which is a kind of a low over-under, but I, I feel pretty comfortable about that just because it's going to be in Buffalo, in the cold. Uh, I just don't expect there to be a ton of points scored in this game, so I'm, I'm feeling good about that. So that parlay, Packers minus four against the Chiefs, Panthers money line at San Francisco, and under 43.5, Philly versus Buffalo. That puts you at a cool plus 1,006.4 odds. You put in $10, you win $100.64. Uh, just a little bit of fun there. I think that uh, those are three games that I feel very comfortable about. Yeah, I, so look, I agree with you on on your spread. I agree with you on the over under. Uh, the only you don't thing like that, that money I, line, I, I think that I, I don't. I think the Forty ers win. Um, I, I think that um, I, I think that this is this defense is going to be a pretty good test for uh, Kyle Allen, and I think it's going to be a sense where the uh, the Forty ers really just focus in on on limiting Christian McCaffrey, and and if Kyle Allen can, can beat them that. a couple times, if yeah, but I I, I like their front <laughs> seven, and it, if you can at least um, manage. You know, Tampa Bay did a good job two weeks ago at really limiting Christian McCaffrey. You're kind of just putting your faith in in uh, Kyle Allen to to beat you in the passing game. And on the ops uh, on the opposite side, I think that Kyle Shanahan would be able to keep pace with whatever Kyle Allen is able to put out there. But um, I, I feel like my money line, you're not going to be interested either. So we're, we'll just go <laughs> into mine there too. Uh, so I did use my lock uh, for my spread. 
just a ton of spreads that I, I'm not essentially in love with. And so for the sake of that, I'm going to keep the Bills uh, minus two versus the Eagles at minus 105. My money line, and this is where I, I have my, I guess, my road upset uh, of the week. I've got the Raiders money line at the Texans plus 255 odds. I, I'm I'm slowly becoming a fan of what the Raiders got cooking up in Oakland. I'm excited to see what they bring to to Las Vegas. I think John Gruden is is in a groove right now. You know the the um he they kept pace with the Packers through the first half. The Packers to me are you know to everyone should be one of the three best teams in the NFC. Um and, and so they kept pace with them for that first half. They look good against the Bears uh, against the Texans. I just don't. I see I see up, upset opportunity there. So I'm taking the Raiders money line at plus two fifty five odds. And then I'm going and under in the Buccaneers Titans game. God, I wish Mariota uh, was was playing over Tannehill so we'd get one final uh, glimpse at uh, Winston <laughs> versus Mariota. But um, I, I don't nope. think a. I think that the Bucks run defense uh, is extremely solid, so I don't see a big day for Derrick Henry. Um, I don't think that Jameis Winston will be able to put up mu- uh, many points at all against a very tough Titans defense, and that right now. Um, being at uh, 45.5, I'm going to take the under there at minus 110 odds. So putting that all together, 10 bucks, uh, it is plus 1,223.2 odds. So you take 10, you win $122.32. Now, um, I'm probably, I mean, I might put like a dollar or something on this, honestly, in in, in <laughs> real life, because um, I, I I feel comfortable with saying the Raiders uh, plus seven. The money line is a little tough for me to feel extremely confident in, but I didn't want to take a, a boring favorite. I, I like when the money line we can get plus odds on someone, and so yeah. I went with the Raiders there. But uh, but that's my parlay for the week. Yeah, I don't know what to think about the Raiders, to be honest. I mean, you know, I wasn't expecting them to beat yeah. the Packers, but everyone seems to be like quietly jumping on that bandwagon right now. And I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of pumping the brakes just for now. Uh, we haven't, you know, they beat the Bears, man. That was their signature win, and. I don't know. <laughs> the Bears don't exactly scream, you know, uh, contender to me. So uh, no. I want to see. I want to see a little bit more from the Raiders, and I think beating the Texans would go a long way, especially on the road. Uh, right. So it, it's an intriguing matchup for sure. But Blake, you are the biggest Texans hater uh, I've ever met. <laughs> we'll say I am. I, I and listen, <laughs> well, let's clarify. I'm, you're a Bill O'Brien hater. Yes, Bill O'Brien hater. I am a Deshaun Watson lover. Now yes. I don't like to see him play against the Colts, but if he, you know, throws two interceptions and gets sacked three times, I am a fan of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> but uh, but I am a I'm a I'm a big Bill O'Brien hater. I think he'll be out coached by John Gruden. I think that uh, what John will cook up on offense will have Bill's head spinning on defense. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't want to fully jump into the Raiders bandwagon. I have my toes in it right now. I'll, I'll put, I'll put my, the rest <laughs> of my weight there. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I've For- got a toe. I'll put the rest of my weight in there if they end up beating the Texans. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. Alrighty, man. Well, we're around uh, 46 minutes now. This is, you know, one of our shorter episodes. I know we were on a little bit of a crunch schedule getting this in the morning, so I appreciate you doing that before I had to jump ship over to Virginia. Of course. Uh, but but uh, that'll wrap things up. Uh, this Thursday episode of Reasonably Outrageous. Um, make sure to follow both of us over on Twitter. Matt is at Matt Wyrick FBB. Um, see him with a ton of content coming out uh, about the World Series. Um, Matt, are you going to change the handle back on uh, when you get to your full position at NBC Sports Washington? What's yeah, your plan there? Um, I actually, um, 
I'm announcing this today on Twitter, so I might as well say it now. Um, I'm going to be leaving federal baseball. Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, NBC has a, has a non-compete clause. So uh, I've got, oh. got to, now that I'm going on there full time, uh, that is what I'll be doing, uh, exclusively producing content for them, uh, aside from this podcast, wow. of course. Um, so, yeah, it's sad. I've been there three years yeah. now. Um, definitely been a part of my Nats, you know, fandom for a couple of years. Oh, I've yeah. been writing for federal baseball. And before that, I spent two years at Fansided's District on Deck. So I've been a Nats blogger for five years now. And it's definitely Jeez. sad to hang up the cleats, but uh, we'll definitely be changing the podcast or, or changing the handle. I'm not going to say what mm-hmm. I'm going to change it to yet because I don't want anyone to go out there and steal my, my <laughs> handle that I want. But um, yeah, I'm deactivating the, the Charlottesville Twitter uh, tomorrow yeah. um, because I will no longer need that. Uh, as tomorrow is my last day there. Uh, and then my first day is Monday morning. Uh, well, technically, I'm, wor- I'm working at NBC this weekend, but I'm still uh, I'm not going to be starting my full time position until Monday. Right. So, okay. yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, yeah, hats off to you with your work at Federal Baseball. I know you built up a pretty good following there too, as well, putting mm-hmm. out consistent stuff for all those Nat fans. So, very excited for you. Uh, make sure to follow me over on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Writing for Stampede Blue, the Indianapolis Colts page for SB Nation. Troy Nunez is an absolute magician. The Syracuse Orange page for SB Nation. Um, give a listen to uh, to my other podcast out there, Quick Hits uh, with Blake Pace. Go Monday through Friday. Uh, today I also had to do a crunch schedule and change Thursday's episode, or change Friday's episode, make it a Thursday episode. So I actually have all of um, my gambling bets against the spread. I'm doing game winners, picks against the spread, and uh, a side bet on there that is... Uh, interesting to me too so make sure to check that out um if if you like the work that we do here um i always give a shout out on that on that podcast too over to reasonably outrageous so hopefully we're getting a mix of people listening into both of these now but um matt any last words before we send off it's a it's a it's a stressful time with with your nats in the world series uh best of luck this weekend i'm 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 rooting for you specifically like i said last episode (laughs) not rooting for nats fans but I would be very happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, the first game was nerve-wracking all the way through. Second game, nerve-wracking until the seventh. So I've lost a couple of years off my life so far yeah. uh, with this series. <laughs> Hopefully uh, it's not the same, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited for them to come back in D.C. and see what that environment is. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited just for the D.C. fan base in general. I know you hate all yeah. of us, but uh, you know I think that – as, as much as, as the Caps uh, championship, you know, meant a ton, uh, you know, to finally break the curse, I think uh, the Nats doing it now, you know, really establishes D.C. as, as you know, not a rut for fan base anymore uh, as, as a mm-hmm. team that doesn't have as a fan, uh, fan base that doesn't have success. The Mystics obviously just won the WNBA finals. So we're rolling uh, yeah. right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited, but also nervous as hell. All right, well, best of luck to you. For Matt Wyrick, I am Blake Pace. You're listening to Reasonably Outrageous, and we will catch you next week.